In the many years I spent facing the dilemmas on how to handle minor disruptions as a classroom teacher or major fights as a dean of discipline, I can certainly vouch for the fact that more information is needed on this subject. What I want to share is how to use positive disciplinary practices to build up systems before the proverbial poop hits the fan. Once it does, it's kind of late. I loved my position as a special education teacher. And I loved my position as a school dean of discipline. I loved facing the challenges of keeping the hall safe for democracy. Although the position called for a great deal of crowd control, I began to discover a deeper need for understanding the students who kept me busy in the dean's office. It soon became apparent that those students who appeared resistant to discipline were fleeing the classroom, avoiding their work, or acting out for reasons unknown. Those reasons had to be explored. Those could not be solved quickly or easily. Later, as an assistant principal, when I sat on committees and in team meetings, I reflected on how I could share good ideas with colleagues. After all, I learned classroom management on a trial and error basis. I thought that because I could do well in keeping students out of trouble and turmoil, that I had something positive to share. While this was a decent start, we had a look at patterns across a school setting. Within the team experience with other colleagues, with lead teachers, parent members, and, and the attendance teacher, I soon discovered that as we examine incident reports and other forms of data, I noticed that more than behavior management had to be addressed. The team identified that the suspension rate was not getting any better and the attendance rate was not improving either. We looked at other data such as referrals to special education and which students were identified for placement in more restrictive environments. I then thought, heck, we have a lot of work to do with classroom management and school discipline. We had a look at school culture, climate, and tone. All the small parts add up to one whole. Something must be done to improve the overall environment, to keep students in school, and to improve instruction. When students are not doing well in school and not wanting to do the work, it makes little or no sense to send them out of school or keep trying methods that do not work. This really was an enlightening experience, and it helped me to realize that behavioral issues are more about getting to the root of the problem than figuring out ways to solve the problem at hand. As students present with mental health challenges, behavioral issues, hidden or formally diagnosed disabilities, or have been affected by trauma, there is a need for a more formalized classroom management approach. Classroom management needs to be instructive, positive, and inclusive. Punishment or exclusion should be a last resort. Students who are caught in a vicious cycle of misbehavior, removal, and consistent exposure to exclusion or punishment are not benefiting in any way, shape, or form by these systems.
Those students who have been typically marginalized by disciplinary processes and classroom management systems that do not work wind up in in-house suspensions. And no offense to those teachers covering those in-house rooms, the instruction does not always work for those students who need the most help with instruction. Students also tend to get labeled for more services. The hard conversations in schools are just beginning. However, often teachers are not included in the conversations because there is little time to formulate teacher teams to solve these problems. Often instead, conversations turn to hasty conclusions such as transferring students out who have chronic misbehavior or sending them to more restrictive environments. Although this is a solution, it's not always a viable solution. Another solution that is tried in schools is to add more rules and policies to the disciplinary plan. Adding stricter and harsher policies and procedures does not always work. It has been tried and true without much success. As a college professor, researcher, and restorative justice facilitator, I am interested in trying new ideas to formulate a new approach to discipline. Although traditional disciplinary procedures do not have to be totally taken out of the school discipline plan, I am an advocate for positive disciplinary practices and procedures. Information is power. What I discovered through the research is that those students in marginalized groups, students of color, students with disabilities, and students from indigenous cultures are more likely to be punished or excluded from school. The antidote to these problems can be found in positive disciplinary practices. Restorative practices, restorative justice, positive behavior intervention and supports, PBIS, and other positive disciplinary practices can help improve school culture, build healthy relationships, and help students learn pro-social behaviors. I am an advocate for positive disciplinary practices. It is my hope to share these ideas with you over various chats in our podcasts. My name is Elizabeth Klein, and thank you for listening and considering positive disciplinary practices in your school culture. So sit down with your colleagues and your teams and think about all of the effects of the practices that are used in your school culture. And think about practices that can be improved and ways to prevent problems from happening in the first place. Thank you for listening and have a great week.